with God, with your host, Sapphire Berry, where you'll find encouragement from the scriptures and discover how to run the race marked out for you. Now, here's Sapphire. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Sapphire with Milk and Honey Ministries. I'm just uh, blessing you today. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we want to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. I am continuing my teaching from my book, Run the Race Marked Out for You, and I'm truly hoping that you guys have gotten a copy of it, as again, on Amazon, or you can go to www.runtheracemarkedoutforyou, or you can go to milkinhoneyministries at gmail.com and send me an email. So there are various ways that you can get a copy of my book. But we're in chapter one, and I'm dealing with the subtitle, Standing Taller and the Rest. But my focus today is wholeness, coming from the book of Luke and the 17th chapter. Let's pray and jump into the word. Heavenly Father, I love you today. We love you today and honor you and exalt you and esteem you and lift you up because you are a worthy God. I thank you for, for perfecting all things that concerneth us. I thank you for the anointing that breaks the yoke that we have eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that perceive. In the name of Jesus Christ, I look to you. Holy Spirit, it's your show. I look to you to be greater in me than he that is within the world. I only want to do my part. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, we are dealing with wholeness. That is my focus today. Uh, And again, I'm starting in Luke 17 and verse 11. And the word says, and it came to pass as he, talking about Jesus now, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were leopards, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus. Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, talking about the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger? And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith have made thee whole. See, wholeness. Wholeness is my prayer for me. Wholeness is my prayer for my family. Wholeness is my prayer for the body of Christ. 
It is so important that the body of Christ be made whole. Listen to me. How do we effectively minister to a broken world and we're so sick ourselves? Unstable, double-minded, not sound in our souls. And see, it's our own actions that allow us or enable us to walk in wholeness. One of the definitions of wholeness is the state of being unbroken or undamaged. And we're talking spirit, soul, and body because sickness affects more than uh, the physical state. It can manifest itself in every area of our beings. And when we examine Luke 17, we can see Jesus had already healed the man and the other nine also. And you know it's so because that's the reason the Samaritan came back. He could see that he was healed before he ever made it to the priest. It was the responsibility of the priest to pronounce whether a man was clean or unclean, whether it was leprosy or some scabby disorder, because leprosy had a distinct look to it. The hair would turn white on the sore and around the sores, and the sores would go down deeper than the skin level. And the priest was familiar with the look. He knew if, it, if, if they were a leopard or not. I want to read an excerpt from my book. And for those of you who have my book, it's going to be on page six. And it talks about leprosy was a dreaded disease that was contagious. It caused severe disfiguring, skin sores, and nerve damage. During biblical times, one with leprosy was considered as dead, as stated in Numbers 12, 12. Leopards were completely separated from the community. Complications from leprosy usually included blindness, disfiguration of the face, including permanent swelling, bumps, and lumps, kidney failure, muscle weakness that led to claw-like hands, an inability to flex the feet, permanent damage to the inside of the nose, and permanent damage to the nerves outside the brain and spinal cord, including those in the arms, legs, and feet. While working in Africa as an exchange student, I spent time in a leprosy colony doing my research. One of the patients had lost their fingers, toes, and nose since once the limbs become deformed, they would fall off. Some of the patients had a half a foot left, and very few could walk without crutches. Neither did they have any feelings left in their hands, feet, or legs. Jesus told the ten disciples to go show thyselves to the priest. It was the priest's job to examine the lepers to determine if they were clean or if they were unclean and still considered a leopard, as seen in Leviticus 13. Before the one Samaritan could get to the priest, he saw that he was healed. That's when he turned back to give glory to God. It was through his act of gratitude that he received wholeness, not only healing, Healing brought the disease to a halt while the other, which the other nine received. 
but wholeness represented restoration. His limbs, nose, nerves, and spinal cord were all restored along with the life of the disease coming to an immediate halt. There were 10 that cried out to Jesus and 10 that were cleansed and healed, but only one received healing and was made whole. It was the stranger that went back to glorify God, giving him thanks. There were 10 that left through the gate together, but one, the Samaritan, was more honorable and his actions caused him to walk in wholeness. I just think it's just so important. To me, this gives a very good example of healing versus healing and wholeness. See, That's why I say it's our own actions that can cause us to walk in wholeness because the Samaritan's gratefulness caused him to receive wholeness. I want to look at a couple of more examples, but coming from a different perspective, but not from a physical perspective, yet they needed to be made whole. Look with me at Luke 15, and I want to start In verse 11, Luke 15, I got to go to it myself, starting in verse 11. It says, then he said, again, talking about Jesus, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. So he divided them his livelihood between his two sons. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possession with prodigal living. See, come on now, he was doing his thing, having a good time, baby, living it up. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him, talking about the citizen, sent him into his field to feed swine, pigs, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods the corn pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to him, to his servants, 
bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they begin to be merry. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, Luke tells us when the prodigal son came to himself, he went home. That pig's pen brought him back to his senses. See, and Proverbs tells us sometimes it takes a painful experience to make a man come to himself, to change his ways. Proverbs 20, verse 30 out of the Good News translation. And it's great if we don't have to go there, but so many times we do. I remember my mother-in-law used to say, a bought lesson is better than a toll. And at first, I didn't know what she was talking about. I didn't understand what she was saying. But then I got it. And she was right. You buy those lessons that the stove is hot. See, it costs you with blistered fingers where you put your hand to that hot stove. See, because we got to touch it ourselves. You saying, <laughs> you saying it meant nothing. I got to touch it for me. See, we buy the lesson. Now it's meaningful. No one has to say anything to us. See, the prodigal woke up in that pig's pen and came to himself and took his sorry hips home. And hear me, he this wasn't a physical sickness. He wasn't limping. He didn't have cancer, diabetes, or some dreaded physical disease. No, he was sick in his soul, unstable, lacking soundness in his mind that I dealt with on the last episode. See, in his will that made him leave home in the first place. Now, if we examine Luke 22, and I want to look at that now, if you'll go with me to Luke 22, because this is another example, but not dealing with it from a physical perspective. Luke 22, and I want to start in verse 31. It says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Indeed, Satan has desired for you. Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you are converted, when you are changed, when you have turned, when you are transformed, strengthen your brethren. But see, Peter, with his cool self, popped off and said, Lord, I am ready to go both with you to prison and to death. See, <laughs> he wasn't ready. How do I say that? 
He wasn't ready. He's telling Jesus, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Yet in reality, he denied even ever knowing him. See, he wasn't ready. He thought he was, but Jesus being Jesus knew he wasn't, which is so true with many of us. You know, studying this out has made me understand and see on the other side. We think we're ready, but the Lord knows that's one of the reasons some of the things we're praying for hasn't manifested yet because we're not ready for it. And Peter had not matured yet. The change necessary to take place in him had not manifested itself. Because hear me now, when Jesus died, Peter was the man. Peter stepped into the shoes of Jesus Christ. You go back and read the book of Acts. Peter was the man. And that's why Jesus told Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired. See, and in the Greek, that word means demand. Satan has demanded to have you because Peter was the man. And Jesus knew what was down the pipe and Peter wasn't ready for it. He wasn't ready for that spiritual transformation that would take place within him. Change. And hear me. Again, it wasn't physical. See, it was spiritual first. It's always spiritual first. Then it's acted out in our mind, in our will, in our emotions. Come on now, in our intellect. But that transformation takes place place first in our spirit, in that spirit man, because God is spirit. The Holy Spirit is spirit. Everything comes through our spirit man first in reference to change, in reference to growth, in reference to renewal, in reference to refreshing. See, and the bottom line is whatever it takes, we must be made whole whereby we're ready for the master's use. The whole world is going to hell in a handbasket, as Rod Parsley would say. Come on now, because the world is sick and you see it. You see it everywhere. It's pathetic. You see it everywhere, you know. You, you you see it when you turn on the TV. You see it if you step out of your house. The other night, I had gone to the gas station. I needed to get gas. And I had, had actually pulled in and was getting my gas. Now, this black car pulls up behind me. And he's not pulled up behind me, whereas he's waiting to get gas once I pull out, but he couldn't do that anyway because there was a car in front of me also that was facing me. So that car had to back out and I had to back out. Now he pulls, like I said, he didn't pull in behind me like he's going to get gas. He pulls behind me sideways where he blocks me in and I can't get out. So I'm, I'm just continuing to get my gas, but I'm thinking about it and looking at him, you know, and wondering what's his trip? You know, where is his head? Like, man, don't block me in, move. So I finish getting my gas. Then I walk around and get in my car, 
turn my car on, you know, and even attempt to move backwards, like to let him know I need to get out. And I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he could see me, if he was watching me or if he was on his phone, you know, because his, his windows were tinted. So I couldn't see inside the car, but I had to honk the horn and get out of my car, you know, and wave at him and tell him, man, move, move. Why are you blocking me in like this? Then he proceeds to move. But the whole thought, the whole time is like, who is this nut butt? You know, like, uh, is he going to pull a gun on me? The fact that I got out of my car, you know, and I'm honking the horn at him and telling him to move because I'm here in Texas, you know, and we have a no carry law. Like you don't even have to have a license to carry a gun, you know, and you can just carry it open. Like I said, it's so crazy out there. You know, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. You know, all kind of stuff, all kind of stuff is going on. Always, always, anytime you turn on the news, you hear about some madness going on. He moved, thank God, you know, but I'm thinking all the time now, Lord, what's up? You know, I mean, what's what page is he on? You know, because from my perspective, he's on some kind of page, because why would you even pull behind me like that? You know that I got to get out. So anyway, bottom line, saints, we as the body of Christ must be made whole so that we are effective, so that we can effectively minister to the world, to a broken world, because they're sick and need Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Bless the Lord. I'm going to cut it off here and we're going to chew on this for (laughs) this episode. I just bless you with the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. You know, and like, let's grow up. Let's think about things, saints. You know, let's be grateful. Let's, because the Bible talks about in Corinthians, everything is written as an example to us. So that the mistakes that were made, that the children of Israel made, and the body, the early body of Christ, the mistakes that they made, we don't make those same mistakes. That we need to look at the word and take the word and be converted. Allow that word to take root in us, whereby change, transformation comes. Transformation comes inside of us. And that we operate at a higher level. You know, being made whole, wholeness. Amen. Bless God. This is my prayer for the body of Christ, that we may, we be made whole. The Lord love you. I love you. And I bless you in Jesus name. Amen. You've been listening to Making Your Mark with God. To catch all our past episodes, visit makingyourmarkwithgod.com.